This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Flipping off dad. When the Beatles are a fan of you. Young blood, old men. The Cubs celebrate VJ Day. And Rick's brush with Sam Kinnison. All this in unlimited tangents. This week on Minutia Men, part of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opi production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. That's Rick Kemper and Dave Stern. Uh, Robert Feeder describes the podcast hensely, or thusly, thusly. I guess thusly. Let's go with thusly. Hensley, I'm pretty sure, is not a real word. It features uh, Kemper and Stern sharing stories and drawing on their vast treasures of worthless information. And that's what we are. Uh, not only does that describe the podcast, Rick, but I think our college education. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, our our lives, basically, Robert Feeder described perfectly. I think just the uh, the fact that we have vast treasures of worthless information. But let me just say this: there are some people that don't have vast treasures of anything. <laughs> That's ex- we're half full. Exactly. That's exactly true. Our minutia is half full. Um, Rick, have you been following the Olympics by any chance? You I know, know you're what? a big. I've, I really haven't. <laughs> I really, really haven't watched it. Uh, there's a couple of things I've seen, but uh, what what do you have? Um. Well, have you heard about this Olympic, this Canadian Olympic swimmer? His name is Santo Condorelli. Have you heard of this guy? Uh, Didn't he play Carmine in... uh, Sopranos? No, in Laverne and Shirley. What was the name of that guy? Wasn't it Carmine? Well, Carmine was the... Eddie Mecca. (laughs) Well, Carmine was the... Boyfriend of Laverne, one of the two, yeah, absolutely. So it wasn't okay. So who 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 was who is this uh, swimmer? Okay, so what this guy does is before you know how everybody has rituals before they they go on a um, you know when they go on a meet or before they do a race. Sure. What do you think this man does before a race? You know what kind you know think of what athletes do before before they uh, the sign of the cross. He does the sign of the cross. That'd be my well, and you would think. With his last name Italian, he could very well be Catholic, right? Yes, that's that was my thinking. Yes. Well, he that's it's this gesture is very close to that. He flips his dad off in the stands before every race. You mean like hi, dad, uh, hello, with a like a wave of his hand or well, like a wave of one finger? No, he's flipping the bird basically. to his father. To his father, right? Now, is uh, this like a deep-seated anger, or no? It's it's a it's a term of endearment to his father. Basically, his father uh, told him when he was, I guess, Santo was a small kid, okay. and he would always race against people that were bigger than him. And basically, his dad would tell him, "Hey, don't worry about them. Fuck them." And what he <laughs> and, and basically, this was the way that reminded Santo before every race, you know, fuck them. So he flips off, you know, flips off the bird. Now, this I love this story for a couple of reasons. Uh, you know how one you got to swear, <laughs> right? Exactly, which is which is right, which is fantastic. Yeah. Two, I like the fact that this is a Canadian swimmer, and I always thought that Canadians were too polite to flip off anybody. Yeah, that's true. So obviously, that's not true. But I think what I like most about this story is I am, you know, you know, you know how you're inundated with these personal interest stories during yes, the Olympics. Yes, you know, exactly. you get like 
the yeah. music swells underneath and right and so, right uh, they've come from poverty that at every day their mother drove them to the skating rink or whatever yes right you lost a leg or yeah. you know right. the sister's dead or whatever uh-huh. these are the personal stories that i like to hear you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah, that is a good one yeah so uh i am rooting for santo Cundarelli. i'm a huge canadian swim fan right now I uh, am a huge fan of the German field hockey team, um, which what? which features uh, two uh, two great names. Uh, somebody sent me <laughs> this picture of two of the German stars of the field hockey team. One of them is last name is Butt, B U T T. Love him. And another one's last name is F U C H S. And they were standing right next to each other. But Fuchs. Let's say Fuchs. <laughs> oh, that is fantastic. <laughs> that is what, um, do you remember the time that Eric, I think it was Eric, who was the pitcher for the Twins? Eric Milton? Yes, Eric Milton. Uh, pitched against Mark Burley and they stood next to each other and it was Milton Burley. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Yeah, it's funny. Hey, um, while we were just talking, not that I don't listen to you, but I, I just had a thought. Maybe the middle finger in... Canada is not a obscene gesture. You know how different gestures in different parts of the world. But I know the middle finger is a universal um, is a, a universal obscene gesture. But there are some gestures that are just specific to the countries. Would you? I know you want to go through some of them. Sure, because you know I know in Germany it's a thumb. You, you like flick the thumb at somebody. Flick right, the thumb. Th- right, thumbs up is bad. Yeah. Um, but each of these have little names. This is a great graphic. Oh, on okay, yeah, let's hear them. Um, the wank. Oh, by the way, all of these gestures are obscene in England. <laughs> it, it appears that every gesture <laughs> on earth is obscene in England, and so, it's followed by the word wanker. <laughs> well, the, this is the name of this gesture is called the wanker. Okay, so what, see, look, there would, you go. What would that be? Describe to me what the wanker. I, I'm I'm guessing that you your hand is jerking up and down, up and down. You are a obscene gesture savant. I am very nice. I know a few uh, things. The V sign. Uh, what country is this? England, also. Yeah. Well, it is obscene in England, Australia, and Ireland. Is it V for uh, one of the streets that that uh, rhymes with Melvina? <laughs> uh, well, while the V sign can mean victory or peace in America, uh, in the UK and some of the other Commonwealth countries, showing your fingers is closer to it's the declaration of war. Oh, okay. wow. I was way off. <laughs> right. right. Uh, okay. Here's one called the You Suck. And it rhymes with Doc. Okay. You suck. Okay. Uh, okay. What do you think that's like an actual uh, hand gesture of some kind? Yeah, it's a hand gesture. It's called the you suck. Is it uh, uh, your. <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to even guess. Just tell me what this one is. Basically, it's you take the, the the hand that you're doing the wanker. Yeah. And you just hold it up to your to your mouth. And you oh, do okay. The, you do that gesture near your mouth. Yeah, you, you don't stick like your, your tongue into your cheek, you know? <laughs> Oh, that's why uh, I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I think that's the American version, actually. You're right. That's, <laughs> right. that's the American version. I, in, in England, it's just that you do the wanking motion near your, your mouth. Okay. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, 
and and uh, the V sign, the thumbs up, right? The yeah. thumbs up uh, in Europe. That is a um, that's a, that that's an obscene gesture. Yeah. And basically, the it means that uh, thumbs up is that you think that you that the person that you're giving it to or they're giving the gesture to has their thumb up there. Yeah, record. exactly. Um, that one took a- me a long time to figure out, by the way, when we first moved over to Germany. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> it means something a little different here. Your thumbs uh, up. Hey, thumbs up. You know that hands, just keeping your hands in your pocket is an obscene gesture in, again, in England and in Germany and in Japan. I, You know, I lived in Germany, never heard of that, but maybe people were snickering at me the whole time. It's a sign of rudeness, especially when you're talking to somebody. Okay. Uh, now, if your hand's in your pocket and you're doing the wanking motion, what is that then? <laughs> uh, here's something called the corna. How do you and, spell that? And, uh, C-O-R-N-A. Okay. And it's obscene in Brazil, so uh, basically the South American countries. I thought nothing was obscene in Brazil. Uh, I thought the anything, is, anything goes in Brazil. It's it's like, you know, uh, the gesture is like metal rockers, people rock and roll. You know that one? Yeah. Rock and roll. Um, this one in Brazil basically means... That you're having intercourse with your uh, with the with your friend's wife is basically well, what that, that is means. very specific. Yes, right, right. Actually, it's you're having intercourse with Steve's wife. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, like the hook'em horn sign. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. The hook yeah, in in South America that means you're having sex with who's ever wife. Um, wow. The five, the five fathers. This is one where you take one hand. And then you put your other, you put a finger um, on the other hand and kind of put it next to each other. I don't know if I described that good. Like yeah. in a kind of an intercourse. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, the finger going through the hole. Uh, that's another one about uh, having intercourse with someone's wife. Wow. Okay. That seems to be well, that the. That seems um, to be a little more uh, 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 graphically, uh, graphically appropriate, I think. Yeah. Uh, that, and and the that last one is kind of hard to misinterpret. Yeah, pretty much anything with a hole <laughs> yeah, and a <exactly>. finger, <laughs> you pretty much know what that is. And the little finger wag, you know what that is? No. That's in England as, as well. You uh, just take your little pinky finger and you stick it up and you kind of wag it in somebody's face. And that's basically you're telling them that they have a small penis. Oh, okay. Again, in England. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, I'm going to England next summer. I'm going to have to make notes of all of these things. I'll send you this link, and uh, yeah. You know, in Germany, I've got another one for you. <clears throat> if you if you point to your temple, that is saying to the other person that they've got a bird brain. You got a bird in your head. Really? Yeah. So don't do uh, that in Germany. Is there any obscene gestures that have that's that you, you do with an Edelweiss flower? <laughs> no, that's Austria. Oh, sorry. Whoa. Come on. My bad. <laughs> I got some minutia for you. Not yeah. not as entertaining as that, I got to say. That was much better than what I have. This is just kind of an interesting thing. You remember Sky Daniels, the uh, the old uh, disc jockey from The Loop? Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, get Sky Jake too. and blow lunch tonight, that guy. The, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the one, he, when he interviewed uh, Kenny Jones from uh, The Who, he was like, 
So uh, and he was totally drunk as a newcomer. Uh, and <laughs> he does like a 45 second uh, question at the end. Kenny Jones goes, I don't follow you. <laughs> but anyway, Sky has cleaned up his act. I've, I've met him several times over the years. He's he's a he's a very tall man, a very uh, good guy. But back in the day when he was at the loop, he was known as kind of a ladies man. He used mm-hmm. to say that he uh, he should be in the union because he's laid so much cable around Hey-o. town or, or laid so much pipe or something like that. <laughs> but these days he is running a, a listener supported uh, radio station in Los Angeles oh. that plays cool music. Apparently, how cool is the music that they play there? He two of his fans. These are fans that call in to his show or tell people about how much they like him. Are Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr? Wow! Imagine that. I mean, That's... there's a story. I was reading this uh, industry newsletter called the Ramp Newsletter, and he said that Paul called him and he put him on the air because he was playing uh, Paul's album New, which is it's a very good album. Um, but they just talked for hours, and he and Paul was telling him how much. On the air that uh, he he listens to it and how all of his friends say it's a great radio station, and then the other day uh, Ringo was being interviewed by Bloomberg Business Week, and they asked him, "So what do you listen to at home?" And he said that he listens to this radio station that is run by Sky Daniels. Do you think they call in for like when they give away concert tickets and stuff? Yeah, right, exactly. Oh, I'm the sixth caller. Blimey. (laughs) (laughs) Making wanker motions and stuff like that. Yeah. Rigged. (laughs) Anyway, I just thought that was cool because I know Sky and I know how much he loves music. And I can just imagine how cool that was for him as I'm also a Beatles fanatic. And I know he is, too, to have the two surviving Beatles actually be fans of what he's doing on the radio. So congratulations even, to him. That's even bigger than Mike Royko calling you a genius. I, it actually is way, way bigger. Uh, that's uh, well. Let me. I wonder. Let, let's say Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr, big fans of Minutia Men. In fact, I'm sure they are. Oh, right. Of course. Now, would you kind of get worried then? On every podcast, going boy, this better be really good because my idols are listening. <laughs> Wouldn't would that kind of freak so. you out a little bit? Yeah, uh, it would. So, so that's great that none of our idols are listening to our podcast. It really helps. It really helps. Like a Henry Kissinger. Hello, it's me, Henry Kissinger. <laughs> I love your Henry Kissinger. Yeah. Do your Kermit the Frog doing Henry Kissinger. Hello, Kermit the Frog here. <laughs> Hello, it's me, Henry Kissinger. That was Kermit doing Henry Kissinger. All right. Here's yeah. my uh, here's my uh, Bill Clinton doing Jimmy Stewart. Okay. Hold on. <clears throat> I got to get into the mode here. I, I did not have sex with – I don't have your buddy here. <laughs> Is it Bill? <laughs> your George Bush sounds like uh, Bill Clinton too. Do your George Bush. <laughs> um, I don't hate America. Do you hate America? And actually, I don't hate America. Why do I hate America? better at that one. What'd you say? You've gotten better at that one. That was what, much the better. George Bush? Yeah. Oh, here. Uh, have you heard Mike Carter? Oh, no, I have not. <clears throat> my name? My name is Jimmy Connor. Wow. That's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, this one's there. This is my Rutherford B. Hayes. Ready? <laughs> hey, guys. What's going on? <laughs> hey, dude. 
Yeah, prove to, <laughs> prove to me that's not a good Rutherford BAs. Okay, uh, what other kind of minutiae do you have for us this week? Uh, there's a new uh, health fad. I know you're huge into health. Yes, I'm yes. very, very big fan of health. Oh, well, that was Henry Kissinger, wasn't yeah, it? I can just slip into it whenever. Wow. Yeah. Um, you got me off. Okay, so there's a new health fad, uh, new health fad. And basically what it is is older people, and when I say older people, over 35, what they do uh, is get blood transfusions for people that are from people that are younger. Okay, it's called parabiosis. And basically you go to like this clinic and if you're feeling kind of, I don't know, 35-ish or 40-ish or 50-ish and you want to feel 22-ish, you go and get a blood transfusion with, with people that are with younger blood. Now, I was thinking about young Rick and young Dave. Yeah. Okay, 21-year-old, 22-year-old. How screwed would those people be if they used our blood? <laughs> I was just thinking that Keith Richards just sent them a memo saying, duh. Yeah. I've been doing this since 1977. Right. This is my move. Right. Uh, But no, I mean, think about anybody using any, like, you know, middle-aged guy using our our blood from the, you know, when we were 20 would be like, so, honey, how do you feel? You know what? I've lost all ambition. Yeah. Yeah. I I was also thinking that, uh, you know, a friend of ours, had a uh, liver transplant. Uh, yeah. We don't need to say the name of right. the guy, but uh, I was always thinking that you know they wouldn't want my liver. They'd go, they'd take a look at my liver, and they go, mm, "Yeah, right. I, I right. don't think so." You're the first person in history that is worse off with a liver <laughs> transplant than you had with the first liver. Okay, uh, let's let's move on. Let's move on to uh, just one bad century because it's time. Time now for a collection of Cub Geekness. This is Just One Bad Century with Rick and Dave. So big week in Cubs history, and actually big week in world history. This week in 1945, the second bomb was dropped on Japan. And the end of World War II, the final end, the VJ Day, took place. And I went back into the uh, archives to check how the Cubs were doing that day because that's what that's what most people do. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, they were thirty-one games over five hundred, which is even better than this year's Cubs team, which is only twenty-nine games over five hundred after last night. Um, and they were five and a half games ahead of the second place Cardinals. But <laughs> so the Cardinals are always in second place. <laughs> They're always there. Cardinals. Yeah. <laughs> Always there. I hate the Cardinals. But anyway, I, I looked up the uh, Tribune because I wanted to see how they reacted uh, to the to the news in Chicago. And let me read you a little clip of it. It's kind of cool. Joyous bedlam loosed in city. Within minutes of the announcement, 10,000 persons jammed downtown sidewalks and streets. By 10 p.m., half a million had visited or tried to visit the area. They were noisy. They represented all ages and all classes. Elderly men and women were at numerous, as well as numerous bobby soxers. Thousands of sailors, soldiers, and Marines were there. Young women kissed them until their faces were smeared with lipstick. At State and Madison Streets, 20 sailors formed a line, grabbed pretty girls as they passed, kissed them, and passed them from one to another. <laughs> It's like like human trafficking. That sounds great. <laughs> but that was the front page of the Chicago Tribune yeah. on this yeah. day in 1945. 
So uh, actually, it's August 14th. So before our next uh, podcast, I'll be celebrating the uh, anniversary of a VJ Day, Victory in Japan. What did the Cubs play that day? No, they everyone had the day off uh, as the whole country celebrated. So there you go. So, so do you, can you use your rain check then for the next game if you had bought tickets? I know it's no good uh, when wars end. <laughs> so <laughs> that's in the little print. Yes, exactly. Uh, all right. Well, uh, uh, I uh, coincidentally found saw a story. God, I wish I would have had it before we went on the air. Um, there's a guy that it was. It was a story of your worst day of your life. And basically what this guy's life was, it was in 1969, and he got his draft notice to go to Vietnam the day the Cubs lost to Pennant. <laughs> That's uh, bad. Yeah, that is bad. That is bad. And so we move on to another topic, and that is our last segment. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So this is the segment where Dave reaches into the bowl of celebrity names, and the names have been written by me. These are names that I have met over the years, celebrities, from my various different walks of life uh, in, in the media. And Dave likes hearing the stories of my brushes with them. So pick a name, Dave. Uh, this is kind of weird that I'm picking this name because yesterday I was with Dobie Maxwell. We had a book signing for his book, Monkey in the Middle. And he, we actually talked about this comedian, Sam Kinison. Oh, what did Dobie have to say about him? Uh, that Dobie opened for Sam on one of his like third or fourth big tours. And he, Sam Kinnison had said to Dobie that I've done, I do absolutely nothing different now than I did when I was making like 50 bucks a night versus what I'm making now. And I'm making four and a half million dollars a year. <laughs> so he says, absolutely nothing's different. I'm eating the same food. I'm telling the same jokes. I'm getting, you know, I'm going to sleep at the same time. I'm waking up at the same time. I just happen to be making four and a half million dollars a year doing it. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, Sam Kinison was a sweetheart. <laughs> he had that he had that reputation for being uh, you know, a hard ass because his act was very aggressive, right? Right. Um, and I think a lot of people today, a lot of kids today don't even know who he is. Have no idea. His his name has kind of just gone completely off the radar. But like like Toby mentioned, at one point Sam Kinison was the biggest comedy mm-hmm. star in America. And he used to come on Stephen Gary show a lot. And in fact, the very first uh, very first guest I ever booked on Stephen Gary show was Sam Kinison. Hmm. And here's how I booked him. You ready? I'm going to do a re- recreation of it. Are you going to do it as Henry Kissinger? No, I'm going to do it in my own 25-year-old Rick. Okay. 25-year-old Rick sitting at a desk in his office. Phone rings. Hello? Yeah, hey. Hey, is this a Stephen Gary show? Yeah. Hey, it's Sam Kinison. Listen, I'm in town. I'll be there around uh, 3.45 this afternoon. Is that cool? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> thanks. I hung up. That, thank you. Thank you very much. Wow. wow. <laughs> now, so, Sam had been on their show many times. I was new to the, uh, you know, I came in in midstream here on the Stephen Gary experience. But Sam Kinison, uh, I was very excited because I was a big fan. Now... I, what I didn't know about Sam is Sam was incredibly unreliable. Okay. 
you know, he was going through some things, let's say, you know, with various different substances. I and think he, all comedians go through things all the time. Well, that's I mean, true. That? But he, uh, when he said he'd be there at 3.30 or whatever he said, he meant that within within like six hours, <laughs> you know, <laughs> very ballparky. Yeah, yeah. But so I told Stephen Geary before the show, I said, you know, Sam Kinison's coming. It's going to be great. He'll be here at 3.30, whatever. The time's maybe slightly off, but you'll get the point here in a second. Yeah. 3.30 showed up. Nobody was there. 3.45, Stephen Geary are vamping, you know, filling the time. 4 o'clock, still no Sam Kinison. At this point, Steve starts thinking that his new producer is obviously an idiot. <laughs> And he obviously got this wrong. So he starts lambasting me uh, on the air, which became a tradition <laughs> from that day forward. And, but this was the first time he really was ripping into me. And then, you know, an hour later, still no Sam Kinison. And no phone calls. You know, it's not like it was the days before cell phones. I couldn't call his sure. cell and find out where he was. I there literally had I didn't even ask him yeah, <laughs> for right. a number. I mean, he just called up and I yeah. said yes. So I started doubting it. <clears throat> then I I wasn't paying attention to the door and and Sam was such a big star that when he walked in, the receptionist just let him in to the uh, station. He walked yeah. right in. And he walked right into the air studio because he had been on the show many times before. And he walks in there and goes, oh, I'm so fucking sorry. I can't fucking <laughs> believe I did that. I, you know, fucking like, traffic and fucking. <laughs> he, he, he threw about 40 F-bombs <laughs> in the first eight seconds. And I don't know if you know how the delay system works, but when you press the delay button, which, you know, Steve did, it takes like you know, five to 10 seconds for it to kick back Clicking. in again to, to, cause it's a, like a, a delay that it, the way it works is it has to build up the space again. And so many of those got, got out on the air. Yeah. And then the one thing that I will also say for Sam is that he made a big point of telling Stephen Geary that he did in fact call and say, what time he was going to be there and that it was not my fault and they should be nicer to me. Well, and that was, and that, and they were for the rest of your career, weren't they? Right. And they never yelled at me again. <laughs> Why didn't you just do what we did when we were in college and boy, George stood us up to go in there and do a Sam Kinison impersonation. You know, I, the, the difference between uh, doing a show for an audience of like 50 <laughs> and 500,000 apparently is a little different. It's about, 10,000 yeah. times. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they both have fives in them. <laughs> okay. Whoa. Sorry. Sorry of the suggestion. Sorry I made the suggestion. <laughs> By the way, uh, another uh, old loop buddy of mine is now part of the Radio Misfits podcast network, Pugs Moran. If, if, you're like, if you like Minutia Men, uh, you, you'll love Pugs Moran live. He, he does uh, random observations, uh, thought-provoking commentary. On social and current events, he, he gets into the politics stuff that Dave and I avoid here, but he, he he knows what he's talking about. He also does celebrity interviews, including Kevin Matthews, which was on his first show. So you can download Pugs Moran live, but you can also, let's not forget, you can also download Minutia Men. Right, Dave? Uh, yeah, you can on iTunes and Stitcher and... 
And you don't have your notes, do, do you? Radio? No, was I supposed to do it? Was I supposed to have something? What, am I supposed to do it every time? Is my uh, job somehow? Radio Shack. You could download it at Radio Shack and Tandy Computers, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, let's say that. On the Commodore 64? <laughs> yeah, right. Atari? Yeah, you could get it on Atari. To find out more about Rick and Dave, you can check us out at EckhartsPress.com, ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com. And if you'd like to reach us, you can drop us a line at MinutiaMenPodcast at gmail.com. And also on Twitter, Dave is our MinutiaMen guy on Twitter, and he is very active, he says. Right? Well, the, aren't you getting the – aren't you a follower? Yeah, I'm not really that interested. <laughs> But you're not you're not interested in our own minutia feed. I know what's on there. It's, it's, yeah, I've noticed you're not you're not clicking the little heart. You're not liking any of my tweets. Would you like me to? Would that make you feel better? You know what I have also noticed is there yeah. you're not liking my Facebook posts. I could I could put a fantastic, brilliant Facebook post, and you're not liking them. How do you spell your last name again? Yeah. No, no I I think that we should get into why are you not liking more of my Facebook posts? I, um. I, you know, I, I if I'm going to be honest, I maybe I'm just not seeing them. I, I don't. I don't think that's true. I'd like to uh, give special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with Opie Productions. We've been distributed by Ed Silla, the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I, I like I like both of their stuff. You know, on you, Facebook you, all you, the time. You post a picture of Sean kicking a soccer ball. I'm liking it. You know, you you take a, you 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 post a picture of you making sausage at the soccer club. I'm liking it. Okay, all right. I, I'm gonna I'll dial it up. I'm dialing <laughs> yeah, it up. That's what I'm looking for. Okay, that's what I'm all looking right. for. All right. You can tune in again next week. Oh, there's no next week <laughs> for another episode of Minutia Bad. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Ready, set, vent with Andy Lurie. In Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Hunter Thompson refers to a moment when he was begging his buddy to throw the radio into the bathtub with him when it hit the peak moment at the end of the song White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane. He's like, I want to die, and that's when I want to go out at that peak moment, so throw the radio in. That's a funny way to go out. If you take anything from my podcast today, people, it's when you commit suicide, think of the music that you're going to be doing it to. And you don't want to do it to something maudlin. You don't want to be like, oh, I'm going to play a real sad Doors song, or I'll play Adele. Great talk radio. Radio isn't dead. When you kill yourself, pick a good song. It just moved to a better place. RadioMisfits.com.